on today's Padone My Take. Cleveland Browns minicamp is underway from Berea, Ohio. We break down the biggest storylines of the Browns in Berea. They're back. Some dudes want extensions. Ton to get there there. OBJ looks healthy. Jadavion Clowney is here. So much going on with our Browns. Finally feels like football season is back. Major League Baseball is in the news for some sticky stuff. Meanwhile, our Indians are staying afloat. 36-28, and 28, five games back from Chicago. We talk about our tribe with some of the injury rows, with some of the sticky stuff. We get into all of that. However, our plays of the week, those will happen too. First, the big play store. Progressive Field is wide open. You could go to any game that you want, 100% capacity, no masks. But what you do need is a new shirt from the Big Play Store. Visit store.bigplay.com to browse all their excellent Cleveland shirt designs. While you're there, pick up a custom Padone My Take t-shirt to support this live podcast. Use promo code Padone at checkout. Save 15% off your entire order. That's my last name, Padone, at checkout for 15% off your entire purchase with the Big Play Store. Without further ado, let's do this. Happy, happy Wednesday, everyone. Welcome on in to Padone My Take. We're streaming live on BigPlay.com. We're on Twitter. We're on Facebook. We're on YouTube. How's everybody doing? Happy Wednesday. I'm your host, Nick Padone, hanging out with you guys for the next hour or so. I know our Cleveland Indians are underway from the corner of Carnegie and Ontario. So that's where we're going to start off the show because big news of the week coming through. Shane Bieber is going to be out for at least two weeks. And not only is he going to be out for two weeks, but he ain't touching a baseball for two weeks, guys. And that's not great. That's not great. There's no other way to spin that other than the fact that if you're a fan of the tribe, if you're employed by the tribe, if you're someone that supports this baseball team, Shane Bieber being out for an extended length of time was the one thing that felt like it couldn't happen this year. And we've talked about it on the show in the past after the Zach Plesak thumb injury when he tore off the jersey that it really did start to feel like the backbone of what this organization and what their success was built off of being pitching has started to crumble. So I want to hear from you guys. Are you nervous? How nervous are you without Shane Bieber? Drop a comment. We'll be able to pin comments to the show. So I want to see those comments flooded because we're going to talk some tribe. To me, I think the Indians still so far this year have overachieved. And I've tossed this back and forth in my head. It's astonishing to me still that they're over 500. I look at that record, even though they're five games back from Chicago, And say, it's insane that they made it this far. You know, finally the bats have turned on. We could talk about the good there. You know, Ahmed Rosario, who saw that coming? Josh Naylor has kind of gone back to life. They're obviously without Fran Mil Reyes. And Ahmed Rosario turns things on. Cesar Hernandez is starting to figure it out. Dare I say, Eddie Rosario is starting to look like the guy that we thought we were getting from the Minnesota Twins. Things are looking up for the tribe. I'm not that disappointed. And then Shane Bieber goes down. 
with a thumb injury. And the Tribe quite literally are with only one starting pitcher at this moment, and that's Aaron Savali. And that's a lot for a young guy to have to take up. We came into this season thinking Aaron Savali would be the third starter. Thought it was going to be Bieber, Plesak, Savali. Now Savali's all we got. And I know he's on the bump for the Indians tonight. I'm just curious as to how long this team could stay afloat with no Shane Bieber. And you have the other horses there. You have the other guys that have proven at times and that have shown things that they could get you spot starts. You have Cal Quantrill. You have Tristan McKenzie. You have the Mejia guy that bounces up and down. However, those guys aren't Shane Bieber. Those guys aren't Zach Plesak. Dare I say those guys aren't Adam Plutko from last year. It really feels to me as if this is a team that traded Corey Kluber, traded Plutko, traded Bauer, traded Clev, and now they're looking in the mirror saying, we banked in on young pitching, and our young pitching ain't here for us right now. It's, I'll keep saying it over and over again. It's astonishing to me that this team is over 500 after how putrid the offense was to start the year. Now it seems like the offense has at least found a bit of a groove and the pitching goes down. But I want to hear from you guys. I don't want this to be all negative because I do think there are positives. Like I said, Aaron Savalli looks really good. He looks like a guy that the tribe can count on throughout this next stretch of games without Shane Bieber, which it seems could be a minute, even though he's not picking up a baseball for two weeks then when he does pick up that baseball they're gonna have to retest things there could be rehab starts we're looking at least a month if not two months of no Shane Bieber on this ball club so we're gonna need those other dudes to step it up last night on Tuesday Cal Quantrill pitched a really nice game Obviously, the bullpen of this team, for as abysmal as the rotation has been, for whatever reason this year, the rotation has not been that hot. The bullpen's been all right. Brian Shaw, I'll keep knocking on wood in the big play studio across from me. I almost cried on this show live on air when that Jeff Passan news broke that the Indians brought back Brian Shaw. I really thought I was going to have a breakdown on these airwaves and Dave was going to can me never to host a Padel my take again. But Shaw is over-delivered. Emmanuel Classe, he did horse steroids last year. I was like, there's no way that this cat could keep up this kind of stuff, you know, throwing 100 miles an hour. He's still throwing 100 miles an hour. James Karinchek, I know he's had a roller coaster of a season, but he seems to be back on the up. This bullpen has been really good, and that's what you need, especially in the spot that the Tribe starters are in now. You know that Tristan McKenzie, Cal Quantrill, those guys are going to be there, but that's how much you could rely on them for how many innings. That's not what you want to get into. You want to have them maybe give you four or five really solid innings and then hand it over to that bullpen and hope they find a way to make it through. However, Ed in Columbus does drop a good comment on the stream saying the Indians always seem to sustain injuries and always seem to end up triumphant in the regular season. It is true. That is one thing that I could say is it feels as if if Terry Francona was not the manager of this team, I'd be a lot more nervous than I am right now. But because Tito is still the manager and I've seen him over the last couple years find this kind of success. It does 
make me feel a little bit more optimistic going into this stretch without Shane Bieber. However, to that same point, this is the first year under Tito that I have felt like mentally something is strange with this team. Whether it's plate discipline on a given night, defensively, we've talked about that. Holy hell, is this team bad defensively? Base running seems off. So as good as Francona has been, and I'm, I trust him, I'm optimistic that he can sustain these injuries and he can get production out of the bats with guys like Ahmed Rosario and guys like Bradley Zimmer that get called up that we haven't seen in two years and actually produce to this lineup is good news. However, there's been some stuff this year that I've really wondered how much are these guys truly backing Tito with that, you know, base running blunders and defensive woes all very strange we have a dave a comment on facebook said we need tristan mckenzie to figure this thing out quickly and to fill the void it was interesting and if you guys listen to big play reflog they had joe noga on it was interesting to hear after the tristan mckenzie start not the last one but the one before that he said that the crowd got to him, that the overflowing crowd at Progressive Field with no you know, capacity, no masks, that it overwhelmed him. And as someone that works in the media, I did appreciate that honest answer from Tristan McKenzie. But boy, it just feels strange to hear one of the top guys, the top prospect in your farm system as far as pitchers go, say that he felt overwhelmed by the crowd noise. Whatever is going on with McKenzie, whoever you ask, whether it be fellow media members, whether it be people in the front office, any inkling that seems to trickle out about Tristan McKenzie, everyone seems to say that it has to do everything with what's in between his ears. So I'm agreeing with Dave on Facebook that we need to get Tristan McKenzie right. And I don't know if that's maybe one more start in Columbus, two starts in Columbus and get him up here, but having him go through the mental stuff that young players go through and that he wasn't able to fully figure out last season due to COVID and not having a traditional minor league season due to COVID. I do think that hurt Tristan McKenzie's development, but more importantly, so now, now that the tribe need McKenzie to act like a blue chip pitching prospect that he is, I don't know that he could be there for that because he's down there in Columbus, but we do need him to figure this out quickly to get back up here and help the Indians. Because are, are you really going to go with Aaron Savali, Cal Quantrill, and Mejia every three nights? You need that fourth guy. That fourth guy needs to be Tristan McKenzie, and we need him to be good, not only for this year, but also so that way his confidence doesn't get sh completely shut down and he could at least be active and responsive and alive to pitch for this organization as one of our young arms moving into the future. Speaking of young arms, man. Major League Baseball cannot seem to help themselves out. It feels like whenever Major League Baseball does anything, they always walk away from situations with the ugliest black eye. It always seems like whatever they do, they just completely whiff on, they balk on it, whatever you want to say, man. They just can't get anything right. So I'm sure by now everyone has heard that MLB sent out a memo to all the teams saying that, Pitchers cannot use foreign substances, a.k.a. sticky stuff, to better grip and spin the baseball. 
So if you're you know new to this or you don't know what's going on with this, what happens a lot of the time, and it has happened probably for my entire life and the lives of m- most baseball fans, is pitchers will put, whether it be you know mixtures of gook and sunscreen and literally water and sweat and sticky stuff on the inside of the glove or on the back of their hat. So that way, when they pick up the baseball, they could spin it a certain way that they want the ball to be spin to better their pitches against opposing hitters. It's always been against the rules that you can't use foreign substances as a pitcher. Obviously, the hitters have their pine tar and their bat grips, but if you're a pitcher, you can't be using sticky stuff. Well, the MLB is cracking down. They sent out a memo that they're leaving it up to the umpires to investigate and to check out all these pitchers before they go on the mound. It will no longer take you know, a request from opposing managers to, hey, check that guy out. He might have sticky stuff in his glove. They're starting to crack down on this. They're saying that this is cheating. However, this is something that has gone on for a really long time. So that's another question that I want to pose on Twitter tonight. Tweet the show at Padone My Take. Tweet me at Nick Padone 12. As always, drop a live comment. Do you think using sticky stuff in baseball is cheating? Because if everybody is doing it, is that cheating because you're getting an upper hand against your opposition regardless? If you're clobbing in water and sunscreen to stick to your gloves so you can put your fingers on it before you pick up that baseball and spin it, is that cheating? And I think it's a fine line. It's weird and it sucks as a fan of the sport and as a, you know, as a guy that understands how this goes. It's tough on the players, man, that this happened the way that it did. Mid-season, the bats are league-wide stink. Nobody could get a hit. There's no hitters left and right. So the league swoops in and they say, hey, no more foreign substances. We're, we actually care about this now. Well, that's tough because a lot of these guys go through their off-season training where they're working out in warm weather. And they're using sticky stuff because they're simulating how things will be in a game. And I've heard stuff from pitchers that, you know, they can't pick up an actual baseball because it feels like a cue ball and that it's way too slick and that they need that stick to spin it the way that they want to. And now that that stick is being taken away from them, this is actually resulting in injury. This is obviously resulting in lower velocity. It's resulting in more hits, which is what baseball wants. And I've come on this show before, and I'm not arguing with Major League Baseball there. And I've said, fans like what? In football, they like touchdowns. In basketball, they like slam dunks and threes. And in baseball, they like home runs. Well, you know how you get some more home runs? Is you, you let the pitchers pitch traditionally, no more sticky stuff. You guys got to get this ball out in the middle of the plate and slow down with some of this movement because the pitchers lately have just been good. They've been that good really probably ever since the post-steroid era. The pitchers have gotten better. Is this cheating though is the question. And I don't know that it is because I can't say that something is cheating if everyone is doing it. And if I was a pitcher that gets caught doing this, There's no appeal process, so I'd be equally as mad. But if there was, that's what I would lean on in saying that you bring this on us midseason. It's hard to change, especially a pitcher that studies so much into analytics and it's so much of how the ball feels in your hand. And you're just going to say mid-year, hey, we actually care about this now. This thing that everybody's been doing for years and years and years, that's done. You can't do it anymore. 
That would be like if the city of Cleveland, city of Akron, city of Columbus, wherever you guys live, sends memos in the mail that say now that every street light has a traffic camera on it and if you dare go one mile over the speed limit you're getting a ticket in the mail everyone that i know drives three to five to six to seven miles over the speed limit that's a traditional thing you just keep up with the traffic same thing in major league baseball every pitcher is using sticky stuff so it shouldn't matter that much it's not cheating because nobody's really getting an upper hand no team is being mic'd up or banging on trash cans like the houston astros to cheat however if everybody's doing it it kind of creates a level playing field but i get what baseball wants to do and they started this last year which again if i'm a pitcher and I wanted to appeal this, and I wanted to voice my frustration against this, which so many players are, here's another argument that you could give against Major League Baseball for putting this goofy rule in mid-season to try to generate more offense because that's what the fans have spoken that they would like. Last year, Major League Baseball, who owns the company Rowling, which produces Major League Baseballs that are used in the field of play, they juiced the baseballs. Whatever happened, they whether it be tighten the seams, whatever they did, the balls were juiced and they were flying out of the stadium. Pitchers were talking about it. Hitters were certainly talking about it. The balls had a different spark last year, a different pop off the bat, and they were flying out of the stadium. So as a pitcher, you could turn around and say, hey, you guys made it easier on hitters to hit the ball out of the park. You juiced the baseballs so they would fly further. In turn, we use sticky stuff so we could get these guys out more easily because every time they're making contact, this baseball is flying 350 to 400 feet. So to, to counteract that, we're putting sunscreen on our hands and we're putting that pine all or whatever it's called on our hands and we're making these pitches spin. I feel like as I'm talking, I'm more siding with the pitchers in this instance because it feels so bizarre to spring new rules on someone midseason, especially because a lot of these guys have probably done this for years. The guys that you watch and you idolize when you watch baseball, whether it's Aaron's Valley, whether it's, you know, this year, whether it's Kluber in the past, the guys in the 90s tribe, those guys were probably using foreign substances. It's just been around for a really long time. But the way that you stop that is to say that you need to stop and you need to quit cold turkey. I don't think you do that in the middle of a season, though. I think you give that to these guys come October after the World Series. Say, hey, we're going to let you get all offseason, get your stuff straight. These baseballs are going to be pure white. We want no iota of brown on them or whatever you guys are using to stick. That's got to go because these baseballs can't be like that because we care about offense. I think it would have been a lot better received if they would have went about it that way. Instead of though, as we now know, they just put it out mid year. A lot of these pitchers are upset. Tyler Glass now spoke out against this and said, hey, this is going to result in a lot of injuries. Surely enough, we see our own Shane Bieber have a shoulder injury to his right pitching arm. I don't know if that had to do with the reports that the sticky stuff was happening. I don't know if it was just a natural injury, but still, whenever you see you know, one of your starting guys go down, it's definitely weird, and it's definitely strange that it happens to Bieber 
right now after this announcement with the sticky stuff is made and becomes public. Trevor Bauer, our good friend, if you're a Clevelander, man, you know Trevor Bauer. He's speaking up about it. He's saying that this is not right, that Major League Baseball can't enforce this, et cetera, et cetera. I want to hear from you. Drop a comment. Is sticky stuff cheating? I don't think it is. The more that I talk about it out loud, I think that it's just one of those things that has always happened and that you can't really hold against a guy. It's the same thing as speeding, in my opinion. It just feels that whatever baseball does, man, it blows up for him. I, I just don't get the change. They juice the ball. The pitchers are all doing this. Why change it? Baseball's all right how it is. I know they're concerned about the younger demographic and people not being as invested into the sport now as you know, 10 years ago, especially compared to 20 and 30 years ago. I think a lot of that has to do with the rise of the NBA and the LeBrons and the Stephs and the Giannis's and the super teams there. And then the rise of fantasy football that everyone cares so much about football, whether your favorite team is playing or not, you care about football. I think that has a little bit to do with it as well as the game of baseball is just so long and our attention spans are shrinking by the year. It just feels like whenever they do something about this, man, the bad press just pours in by the ton MLB I don't know what you're gonna do I hope you figure it out meanwhile the Cleveland Browns minicamp is going on everybody's ecstatic I can't believe that it football is almost back it'll sneak up these summer months were halfway through June the next thing you know it'll be July and then August at August end you got preseason football it's so nice to have football back, especially because the Browns seem like their expectations could finally be in check. OTAs are going on. During OTA pressers, Denzel Ward, Nick Chubb, Miles Garrett, you know, the whole crew were meeting with the media. Two interesting quotes that come out of Berea yesterday from Denzel Ward, from Nick Chubb, saying they would like contract extensions. They would like to stay members of the Cleveland Browns. Would you like to keep those guys on our Cleveland Browns? Drop a live comment. Go on Twitter, though, at Take. Our poll is up. It's a tough question. I hate doing stuff like this, but it needs to be asked. The Browns have a lot of guys that need to be paid. There's a lot of mouths that need to be fed. Miles Garrett just got his payday. Seems like Baker Mayfield could probably be next in line. Of the two guys that vocally said yesterday that they want a new contract, Denzel Ward and Nick Chubb, if you could only pay one of them, which one would you pay? I think my answer might surprise you. Straight ahead, you're listening to Padone My Take on BigPlay.com. Alrighty, welcome on back in Padone My Take. We're streaming live on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube, of course, on BigPlate.com. My name is Nick Padone. Before the break, I posed you guys the question on Twitter. The poll is up if you guys had to do it. Mini camp is going on. OTAs are done. There's a lot of miles that need to be fed. Would you extend Nick Chubb or would you extend Denzel Ward? Our poll is up at Padone My Take. We'll give it a quick update before I give my vote. 68% of people are saying they would extend Nick Chubb. 
only 32% of people are saying that they would extend Denzel Ward. It's an interesting debate, right? And I think that there is a world where you could retain both of these guys. The NFL salary cap's going up. They struck that deal with Bezos if and Amazon Prime. It feels like they're going to be able to pay these two dudes. I don't know how. I don't, I'm don't. i not into the math behind it. I do know that hopefully it'll probably be Nick Chubb that needs to take a pay cut, you know, as, as it pertains to how, or in comparison to what running backs usually get. Maybe Nick Chubb doesn't get that. I do think Denzel Ward will secure the bag. I think he'll become one of the game's highest paid cornerbacks because as far as the analytics and the advanced stats and everything that this Browns organization loves and cares about, Denzel Ward is worth, you know, that much based off what he's able to do when he's healthy and on the field. If I had to pay one or the two of them, I'd pay Denzel Ward. I do. I, I Good lockdown cover corners like Denzel Ward are much harder to find than good running backs. It feels like every season we have running backs that explode onto the scene and that are capable of surprises. Not to mention here in Cleveland, we have Kareem Hunt. I love Nick Chubb. I think the Browns are going to extend Nick Chubb. But for the sake of this Twitter poll, which I hate... I would have to extend Denzel Ward before I extended Nick Chubb just because I think the value lies in the cornerback position. Now, as far as the offense is concerned, I do believe that Nick Chubb does provide more to this football team than Denzel Ward. I think the offense identity relies entirely on the legs of Kareem and Nick. If you get rid of one of those two, I think that diminishes a little bit, but with the way it is to find running backs now with how easy it is. You could pick up veterans off the street for no money. You could, you know, find rookies in the second and third round of each and every draft. If I had to let Nick Chubb walk in in free agency, if he wanted that gigantic super running back Ezekiel Elliott caliber contract, I don't know that I could give that to him if I was in charge of the Browns. Just because, that man, that's a lot of money to pay for that position. I love Chubb. I think Chubb is going to get an extension if it's fair, if the price is right. If not, I think Nick Chubb could be the guy to see the franchise tag, right? I think they could keep, you know, Baker via extension. They could keep Denzel via extension. And just to give them that one more year of flexibility to try to figure out what are we going to do with Nick Chubb, who had some knee problems in college, but has been very good and very reliable in the pros outside of a few games missed this past year. Are we going to give Nick Chubb the bag this offseason? That's the question that the Browns need to ask. Not going to probably happen now, but possibly next is when Nick Chubb is going to be looking for that money. Would you pay Nick Chubb? Drop a comment. I want to hear from you guys. It's a tough conversation that needs to be had, but I do feel as if he's so important. He's so integral. I think at minimum, at worst, he's going to get that franchise tag so the Browns will have one more year of flexibility to determine what they want to do with him. But if I had to pick between the two, I'm going with Denzel Ward because possibly even then I could do Denzel Ward and Wyatt Teller, who is, you know, we we saw last year, man. You guys don't need me, don't need me telling you one of the best guards in football. It's a tough conversation. I hate doing stuff like that. If you want, drop a comment. Who would you rather have? In Cleveland, long term, Nick Chubb or Denzel Ward. 
I truly do believe that there is a world where you can keep both of those guys on your football team. And that's what excites me so much about the Browns being good right now because I feel like COVID kind of screwed things up. But now if this cap space booms, you could keep Nick Chubb in Cleveland. And who knows, it really might not affect things too much. Interested to see how that plays out. As always, we'll discuss that weekly on Padome My Take. Without further ado, guys, I think we need to push this things into our plays of the week presented by my guys at Dugout Mugs. Baseball's back. The Indians are back. Could you believe we're already almost halfway through the year as All-Star voting is live for the All-Star game down in Colorado? You need a Dugout Mug. Visit DugoutMugs.com slash BigPlay. View their entire Cleveland Indians collection today. That's DugoutMugs.com slash Big play. If you're new to the show, welcome to Plays of the Week. Here's how this segment goes. We have a sm- so a small play of the week, something that missed the mark. Big play of the week, something that hit the mark. Medium play of the week, something that fell somewhere in between. We start off with our small play of the week, as we always do. And our small play of the week this week, guys, it's the Girl Scouts. I had to do it to the Girl Scouts Boy, I don't know if you guys heard this news today. 15 million boxes of Girl Scout cookies left over. You guys know spring slash early summer, that's Girl Girl Scout cookie season, man. 15 million, with an M, million boxes of Girl Scout cookies left over. And I know what you're thinking. You're probably like, Nick, you're making this your small play of the week with everything that's going on, the debts we owe to China and the problems of the world. Small play of the week goes to Girl Scout cookies. You're damn right it does. And here's why. So during quarantine, when things were starting to look up, places were starting to open, I was jonesing for some Girl Scout cookies. Mind you, this was really probably close to this time last year. So we were not in Girl Scout cookie season at all. You know, if if you wanted a box of Thin Mints, good luck to you. You better hope that you had some from last year's Easter. However, up here where I live in the Nordonia City School District area, we have like the Girl Scout hub, like the big Girl Scout center, the headquarters of Girl Scouts Northeast Ohio is in Macedonia over by Nordonia High School. I've heard from several people that you could go up to this Girl Girl Scout headquarters and just buy cookies. No matter what time of year, they just have boxes of cookies on deck at this headquarters. So I'm like, Okay, that's interesting. Like uh, that was just always something I kept in the back of my mind. But come towards the end of the quarantine, my entire family wanted Girl Scout cookies. My girlfriend Cam wanted Girl Scout cookies. I'm like, I'm gonna make the call before I drive up to the Girl Scout headquarters. As a 22 year old male would look creepy as hell, I'm gonna give the Girl Scout headquarters a call. So I ring them up and I say, Hey, I'm just curious. Do you guys sell Girl Scout cookies by the box up at the headquarters in Macedonia by the high school? I would love to swing by and pick up a box of Girl Scout cookies, if not five to ten boxes. Because at this point, I had expressed my desire to Girl Scout cookies for about everybody that I knew. Everybody knew that I wanted Girl Scout cookies. So I was going to go in there. And what are Girl Scout cookies? Five bucks a box? I was ready to drop 50 bucks on these things to get me through the rest of quarantine to the spring. 
So I call up and say that I'm looking to purchase Girl Scout cookies. And the attitude that I got from the other line of that phone was ridiculous. Not only did the girl tell me that they did not sell Girl Scout cookies, but she told me that they have never sold Girl Scout cookies at the Macedonia headquarters and to not call back with such a request. However, she asked if I wanted to be put in touch with a Girl Scout. And I was like, no, I don't want to be put in touch with a Girl Scout. That would be tremendously weird. What were they going to do? Give my phone number to some you know, third grader. I don't even know how old you are in the Girl Scouts. That would be really weird. That would be really wrong. So I just had to awkwardly hang up the phone. It was the worst. I hate awkward situations. And I had just walked into one. So Girl Scouts are my small play of the week because now you guys have 15 million boxes of leftover Girl Scout cookies. You know where those could have been. At the headquarters in Macedonia, Ohio, in Northeast Ohio, people could drive up there in quarantine when they were Jones and food. People were on their couch gaining weight. Nobody gave a damn about anything and just go up there and eat Girl Scout cookies. But instead, I got an attitude from the lady on the phone. She said I couldn't get Girl Scout cookies. She said they never sold Girl Scout cookies on there and she never knew where I got that from. And Girl Scout cookies, you are my small play of the week. Hire me as a consultant. I can fix a lot of things with this surplus of 15 million boxes. It, we, we might have to do a BOGO type of situation. We might have to distribute some Girl Scout cookie stimmies. We might have to get some coupons popping in the email servers that I know you guys probably have. But we got to get something going to get these cookies distributed because there's people that'll buy them. The market's there. Y you probably don't want to have still COVID is still somewhat around, you know, with the vaccines rolling out 50% of the state or whatever. You probably still don't want, you know, little girls sitting in giant eagle with tablecloths selling Girl Scout cookies at this point. The solution is pop-up shops. I don't know why you have a Girl Scout headquarters that's huge and takes up all types of real estate. That could be shopping, it could be a mall, could be restaurants. Instead, it's just girls, three stories of Girl Scouts, and you don't even sell cookies there. Give me a ring, we'll fix your business model, and we'll get these cookies distributed safely, all 15 million boxes. Quote me on that. Medium play of the week. Let's get back to sports, guys. Is the NBA injuries and LeBron weighing in on the NBA injuries. Boy, Again, one of the situations, you guys don't need me to tell you that this NBA season, whew, weird. So many injuries all over the place. It's like every time you look, somebody else is going down. You know, Bradley Beal was down. Devin Booker was down for a little bit. The whole Nets team has been on and off. Recently today, Kawhi Leonard has an ACL injury and he'll probably miss the remainder of the Western Conference semifinals. Chris Paul is in COVID protocol. The NBA pretty much just turned upside down today. But LeBron weighed in and man, LeBron's partially right in saying that, you know, this a lot of these guys that are going down and I told you that this short start this season was going to impact some health. You know, we saw LeBron get hurt for the first time of his career. We saw AD go down. Now Kawhi is down. It's like, what's next with all these injuries in the NBA? I don't know if it's the short season. I don't know if that was LeBron's way of just making excuses. Super, super strange, though, to me that 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 happened. You know what I mean? It's super, super strange that 
all these injuries are going on. I don't I can't believe that it's the shortened season alone and and the quick return to play because not all these guys played into the finals of the bubble last year. No, you know, some of the teams had normal if not extended off seasons. The Cavs are the perfect example. And look at all the injuries that the Cavs had this year. Larry Nance was banged up. Kevin Love, I don't know if the guy even enjoys playing the game of basketball anymore, but he was hurt for a long period of time. So LeBron really can't use that excuse, quote-unquote. I don't want to call it an excuse, but that reasoning for every team and every injury in the league that the the short turnaround time to basketball was the reason for all these injuries across the NBA. What I can say, and the reason why this is my medium play of the week, because LeBron just had such a conflicting quote there, is that this is not good for the product of basketball. The fact that now that you'll have the Utah Jazz, I fully expect them to throttle the Los Angeles Clippers and to make it to the Western Conference Finals because the Clippers lineup of Paul George, Nick Batum, you know, that's just a cast of characters that just just is not formidable. Whereas, you know, the Utah Jazz have a little bit more depth, a little bit more health definitely at the moment too. I think having all these stars go down and the Lakers as exit the way that they did because of AD's injury and the Nets are struggling. It took a 50-point triple-double from Kevin Durant, even though James Harden was available and played 40-plus minutes to even sneak past the Milwaukee Bucks, who seem like they've just given up on the year. All these injuries are bad for the game of basketball, and you just hope that this offseason, you know, they could they could end things here somewhat soon and have a normal offseason of health and get back next year in a full 82-game schedule and packed arenas and there's less injuries injuries weird weird stuff happening in the NBA today and I do think LeBron probably was right at the beginning of the season that some of these probably had to do with a quick turnaround time and just condensed offseason things that you could do due to COVID that gets us into our big play of the week presented by bigplay.com sibling revelry brewery in Westlake, Ohio, that's the spot to be this Friday, our big play of the week. Shout out to Sibling Revelry, inviting the big play guys out. Me, Dave, Gab Cruz, of course, how can I forget, the Scottish Hammer is going to be at Sibling Revelry Brewery. That's right, Jamie Gillen will join us for a special big play live podcast at Sibling Revelry Brewery this Friday in Westlake, 6 till 8 p.m. Be there. Jamie Gillen's going to be there. Wear your brown stuff. Be ready to take some pictures. This is going to be the first big hang since COVID. I mean, think of that. We had the Jarvis Landry softball game last weekend. This weekend, we have Jamie Gillen is dropping a new beer with sibling revelry, hammer lights. It's going to be an awesome hang for with people from the Cleveland community, of course, with Jamie going to be a good time. We're going to be doing a live pod from there. So if you, you know, can't make it out to Westlake, Ohio, come hang out at least with us on the live podcast with myself, with Big Play Dave, with Gab Cruz. We'll be live from Sibling with the Scottish Hammer. We'll be talking Browns upcoming season, 
best believe we'll be talking about that playoff win against the Pittsburgh Steelers. We're going to be talking conspiracy theories. The last time Jamie came on Big Play Reflog Show, he was telling us that he was he had some crazy conspiracy theories up his sleeve and that he was waiting to kick back with a few beers to let some of those out. So you're not going to want to miss that. If you can get out to Westlake, I want to see everybody there. I want people coming up to us, hanging out. It's going to be a great time finally celebrate it's crazy i started this show in the middle of a global pandemic last summer when there was nothing to do i was up in my room just playing call of duty every night didn't have a lot going on was in summer school for you know kent but man it was just boring and i started this podcast out of boredom we hit thousands and thousands of streams across platforms every week This is a big celebration. I say at the end of every episode from June of last summer when I started doing this all the way up through now, I end each episode by saying, go live your life, go have some fun, do so safely. You know, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. I always wanted to end the show with some sort of inspiring, uplifting message that we were going to get through this, that as sports fans, as Clevelanders, Ohioans, we were going to be able to go outside again and to hang out and just be the people that we are. We could do that. Here's our opportunity. It was there this weekend. Jarvis Landry's softball game was a blast. I was able to get a ton of fun clips from that. Huge kudos to anybody that interacted with me on Twitter. Retweet, like, comment, whatever you guys were doing on Twitter. Those tweets got some crazy interaction. So big kudos there. But this Friday, Sibling Revelry Brewery in Westlake. That's the spot to be at with Cleveland Browns punter Jamie Gillen, the Scottish Hammer. I'm going to see you guys there. I'll see you guys when I'll see you guys on Friday. After that, I'm taking off to the beach, man. So it'll be a little bit until I'm back on this pod in this set. I'm Padone My Take. I'll see you guys in Westlake at Sibling Revelry Brewery this Friday, 6 p.m. Be there. Wear your brown stuff. Come meet the Scottish Hammer. Love you guys so much. Doing this show. So much fun every week means the world to me. Huge shout out to the Big Play store. Go check them out. Store.bigplay.com. Use promo code PADONE. That's my last name, PADONE, for 15% off of your entire purchase at the Big Play store. Some great designs there for you guys to get out in the community. Meet me and the Scottish Hammer on Friday in Westlake. Go live your life. Go have some fun. You guys deserve it. Do so safely. It's going to be an awesome summer, Cleveland. Love you guys. See you see you Friday. How about that? See you Friday.